The Pittsburgh Steelers had their head coach, Mike Tomlin, talking on Tuesday about the offensive line. They're the group that everyone wants to know what's going to happen with them. Can they protect Ben Roethlisberger? Can they open up the run game? They did have a tough start against the Bills, but there were some things that Mike Tomlin liked. Joining me to talk about that will be ESPN's Brooke Pryor, as we were both in attendance during that. We'll also talk about how the Steelers are using the slot and what we saw with our first impression of the Steelers' next opponent, the Raiders, right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can catch this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and of course, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our great content there. Joining me today is ESPN's Brooke Pryor and her dog, Hootie. What's up, Hootie? How you doing? <laughs> Hootie says, I'm really hungry and I would love uh, to be fed or fight and be loud and disruptive. So instead, he gets to be in timeout next to me for this whole show. Well, we appreciate you joining the show, Hootie. I don't know about Brooke, though. She's kind of whatever. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Brooke... he has a really high fee to do these appearances, so we'll be looking for the check in the mail. Oh, oh, oh man. Okay, well, well uh, <laughs> I got I to call Locked On about that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, uh, we, we, we both were there for the Mike Tomlin Tuesday press conference. Um, you know, I felt like he, he was kind of open about – how he felt about his offensive line. And, and the reason I wanted to open on the offensive line, I've talked about the defense the last two shows on Monday and Tuesday with the defensive front and the secondary. We'll get more to the secondary in just a bit here, Brooke. But I wanted to talk to you about just his impressions of the offensive line and our impressions of the offensive line because, you know, two rookies starting in the offensive line, Kendrick Green at center, Dan Moore at left, at left tackle, Kevin Dotson you had at left guard, Trey Turner was out there, and we got to see Chikuma Cole for at a familiar position. But it's kind of crazy – when I was looking at it, I don't know if you if you agreed. Would you think that the the one guy who was on in, in the same spot that he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, he in Chikuma Korfor, he might have been the worst one of the of the group in that game. Yeah, I was looking at um, our stats on some of our advanced stat stuff, um, and it looked like Chukes had was the lowest graded lineman. I haven't had a chance to look at the PFF grades, but just looking at the the pass block win rate. That one always gets me. Um, but looking at that, he had more losses than I think any other person on the offensive line, on the Steelers offensive line for Sunday. Um, and that's just, it, it's so hard to measure exactly how good each individual member of the line is because they don't have, you know, normal stats. Um, but just looking at that and also the eye test, I mean, to me, that seemed like one of the problem areas of the line. But on um, Monday, we had to pick for ESPN our top rookie performer. And mm -hmm. I sat there and I thought about it. And initially, I went Presley Harvin. And I was like, actually, he wasn't as consistent. Dan Moore, I thought, made a good case. But I ended up going with Kendra Green, looking at his stats. I mean, he played really, really well. But one thing that Mike Tomlin hit on that I also, to me, pushed him over the top were those intangibles. Yes. Um, there was a, a clip that went that went on Twitter about him, like playing through the whistle. He like essentially choke slammed somebody to the ground. I mean, he really did. I saw that play. I was like, <laughs> oh my! Was, 
it was very violent. And that's what we've heard Coach Clem talk about. That's what we've heard Mike Tomlin say he wants. That's what we've heard linemen say they want. And, man, we really got it in a big dose on Sunday. And so even if, like, the line wasn't necessarily as put together as this line has been in the past, as some of the other lines around the NFL that are more veteran that have more cohesion, I think that the intangible thing that Mike Tomlin hit on today saying that, hey, I liked the physicality, I liked the intangibles, I liked everything except maybe the skill level that still needs to develop. To me, that's not as a big of an indictment as you might think it is when you say all these great things. Like, well, I mean, the skill wasn't actually that good. Like, I think what he was saying is that they have the foundation yes. to be a good line. And to me, coming out of week one, you only give up two sacks. The run game wasn't great. It got better in the second half. But mm-hmm. on the whole, I think they performed better than maybe we expected. No, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, like you said, Ben Roethlisberger was not under siege. There were times that he had pressure, but it was it wasn't like like you know I, I as as a guy who grew up watching the Steelers, it wasn't like 2008 against the Eagles when it was just every play they were in the backfield just hitting them all the time. Um, it, it, Tomlin's words on on the offensive line were interesting. He said, "I love the spirit, the demeanor, and the physicality of which they worked, and but the quality has to get better." He talked about the skill needing to get better, but he said, like you said, the will and intangible things that are very that are very required are very encouraging. Uh, those are things that I guess you, that, that you can harp on and say, you know what, his way of saying, listen, we needed to see if these guys were going to come out and be ready to do their jobs as best as they could, and they exceeded that part. Now it's just a part of we need to polish up the parts of your game that aren't that good right now, like you know, mm-hmm. timing on when to hit their blocks. It's it's nice to it's nice that that uh, that Kendrick Green just choke slammed somebody. Uh, it was nice that Trey Turner pancaked uh, Tremaine Edmonds out in space a couple plays. Uh, but you, but you need guys to do things to win those battles at the right time together, and that's how the offense, the best offensive lines show you know turn out to be that way. But um, and another thing I thought that Tom had brought up it was a very good point there weren't a whole bunch of procedural penalties on an offensive line that was running a silent count with a rookie center. Mm-hmm. I think I was, he, he even said, I expected to be first and 15 a, a bunch of times in this game, and they never were. And I think that's very encouraging for what this offensive line uh, needs to be this year. That, that cracked me up more than any other moment <laughs> in that press conference is when he was like, yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to be in first and 15, but I was pleasantly surprised that we weren't. I was like, oh my God. So you're just like, yeah, I mean, I thought we might suck a little bit, but, like, we didn't suck as much as I thought we would. Uh, that made me laugh so hard that he was mentally preparing to have to accept some of these penalties. Mike Tomlin, who, I mean, like any NFL coach, hates penalties. But yeah, in the does. preseason, you know, they would have penalties, and that would be the first thing he would talk about post game was being frustrated by some of these penalties. So the fact that, you know... I, it was just a good window into his mind. Like he might tell us that penalties are, are a non-negotiable. We can't have any, but actually there's a little bit of wiggle room. there, understanding the growing pains that we talked about a lot last week with, with Ben, with, with some of the other guys in the O-line. I mean, it was kind of nice to hear like, okay, we're all on the same page here to expect some of these growing pains. And they certainly were there, but not in the way that Mike Tomlin thought they would be. So that's a sign of encouragement. 
it is a sign of encouragement. Uh, the offensive line will continue to be a, a, a point of emphasis for this team to see how they perform. We will see how they do against the Raiders. We'll get to the Raiders in just a bit because Mike Tomlin talked a lot about what the Raiders could bring to the table. We'll talk about that in the third segment. I want to switch topics back to something about the secondary that he addressed that I wanted to talk to you about you, uh, with Brooke because you, Brooke, because we talked about this during minicamp back in June, just the way that the Steelers were using the slot position. There's a lot of interesting stuff to glean from there. But first, I got to tell our listeners about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes have now turned to football as teams are back on the gridiron ready to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest open right now at Bet Online. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up. You know, when, when you get to sign up there, you also need to check out all of their, 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 their bonus advantages. They have several different special contests that you can get in, some of which may even refund your wagers if you put up to about $25. But check all of those out at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, whether it's football, basketball, boxing, all the way down to horse racing. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of, of Locked On Steelers content here with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Remember, you can check this show out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Odyssey. Rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple. We get your shout at the end of the show. Brooke, one thing that you and I took note of back in minicamp, and again, they weren't even, the, the pads weren't on. It was hot in June. We were sitting in that Heinz Field press box just watching to see how the Steelers were going to do things. And we saw lots of rotation into the slot, whether it was Arthur Mallette or Cam Sutton or this guy or that guy. And we were wondering, like, hmm, how is this going to play out? Well, in this game, you saw Trey Norwood in the slot. You saw Minka Fitzpatrick in the slot. You saw Arthur Mallette in the slot. I think you might have seen Cam Sutton in the slot. I, you know, mm -hmm. I think they kind of moved him about, around a little bit, but they kept using different guys. And when we asked Mike Tomlin about this during his press conference, he said, you know, we did that by design. He said, we have a level of respect for Josh Allen, and we had to mix up our calls and our utilization of people. When you have flexible guys like Sutton, Minka and Norwood, it allows you to use complexities that hopefully keep the dogs off you. And I, that's an interesting way to put it, you know, so you're talking about complexities because, you know, that, that does require a lot of communication when you're switching guys on and off. There's a lot of talking that has to happen, you know, not just to get the guys to the right spots, but then to know what your assignments are, but they did it against the number two offense from in the league from last year against a, a quarterback that I think many would consider a top five quarterback in the NFL right now with receivers that are extremely talented. And they only gave up one touchdown. Do, Brooke, did you feel like this was a, a repeatable plan that they put in place? Or did you think this is something that, you know, they kind of did this week and they won't do too much of because it's kind of like playing with fire with using all these different guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the sense at least from what we saw in training camp and the preseason games, that this could be repeatable because it started in mini camp where we were seeing these rotations. Antoine Brooks was in the mix then. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of feel like they wanted to give somebody an opportunity to jump out as like, yep, this is our slot guy. This is our new Mike Hilton. But I mean, I've never seen a better case for Mike Hilton to get paid whatever he wants than they had to use four different guys yeah. to fill his shoes on Sunday. Um, and so I, I think that they're going to kind of continue to mix this up, knowing that they don't have 
an exact replacement and Cam Sutton is too valuable on the outside to kick inside all the time. So instead they're just going to do this, this patchwork thing that worked. I mean, it, it worked in some ways because Cole Beasley had a lot of drops, um, but it also worked because I, I think that the rotation did keep Josh Allen off balance. Um, I liked what they did. I thought it was cool that Trey Norwood got the start. I'm sure that, you know, that wasn't Mike Tomlin being like, you know what, we should try to start six rookies today. Trey, it's you first. <laughs> um, I would like to believe that that's how it went down because I covered Trey at OU. And so it's awesome to see him now in the NFL being a late round pick as a guy that now gets to start week one. Um, but I don't think that he performed well enough to make a case to be the full-time slot guy. Um, to me, the only guy that was convincing enough to be the full-time slot guy is Cam Sutton. But clearly, I mean, you would almost want a whole secondary of Cam Sutton's right. uh, mixed in there with a Minka, with a Joe Hayden. You know, if, if Cam Sutton could just clone himself a couple times, um, it'd be the perfect secondary. But that's not the case. So I, I think that maybe we won't see quite as much rotation. It didn't catch up to the Steelers. Like you said, the communication was really good on Sunday. I think they had one too many men on defense yeah. call and I didn't see who that extra person was that didn't get off the field. Um, so I don't know if that was a secondary thing or, or if it was a different position, but I do think that we'll still see some type of rotation, just maybe not to that extreme where it felt like each quarter, it was like almost like a preseason game. Like, okay, well this guy's quarter is up. We got to bring in the next guy. I don't think it's going to be like that much going forward. No, I, I agree with that. I think that they're going to find a, a more of a continuity with a with a certain group of guys that they want to use. But one thing that also spoke out to me, something else that Tom addressed, um, he, you know, when Adidi Kikabwala asked him about the lack of blitzing, you know, they only blitzed on two plays. They were just trusting four men, got four men, get after the quarterback. And that was part of Mike Hilton's role. He was often that fifth guy that would try to get in after the quarterback or go in and stuff the run or sniff out, you know, if there's a running back trying to leak out of the backfield. They had none of that in this game. And that allowed them to say, hey, you know what? Let's play with, let's play with Trey Norwood as a deep safety. Let's bring Minka down in the slot. Let's bump this guy over that way and try to confuse Josh Allen as much as possible. I think a big part of this is also building off of uh, building off of that pass rush that, you know, we saw dominate this game at defensive front and, you know, Melvin Ingram being a third presence. That's not, you know, not a, not a Ola Adini, not a Cassius March, him and Alex Highsmith combined with TJ Watt. Those are three guys that they feel comfortable rotating in and out. Um, and, you know, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert, two linebackers that they felt comfortable running the middle of the defense and flying all over the place to do what they needed to do. Um, I think all of that kind of, eases up the role that you need from a slot corner compared to last year where you needed extra pressure especially when Bud Dupree went down you needed help in covering and, and stuffing the run because you know because Devin Bush went down and you didn't have really a, a run and hit type of guy like Devin Bush um, and now you could say Joe Schobert a lot closer than that than a Vince Williams I, I think part of this might just be the Steelers adapting to their new personnel and playing to their strengths bro yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny when you talked about you could tell that they didn't have a Mike Hilton as like that extra guy that would come mm -hmm. up and, and get some of those um, tackles in the backfield. That also reminded me that there wasn't a Vince Williams and he was like a heat seeking missile at times last year. And we did. I, I could see that, like, it felt like the Steelers were missing that. But also he said they adapted to the personnel that they have. And I think that that was a great coaching job by Mike Tomlin and by Keith Butler to make those adjustments that 
hey, just because we were Blitzburg in the past does not mean that, that we have to be Blitzburg now kind of thing. Like this defense can be good without that being the entire identity. Um, and it, it clearly worked out well. Um, seeing TJ Watt out there doing his thing after just the insane week that he had, seeing Cam Hayward go out there after getting called old every other day um, <laughs> and recovering TJ Watt's strip sack. I mean, I, I think that this defense – um, I heard on, I think it was get up yesterday morning talking about how, like, if they do this type of performance every single week, they will be 17 and oh, obviously keeping that up is going to be really tough yeah, and that's, that's not factoring task. injuries. Right. I mean, there, there were, I think Rex Ryan threw out an 85 bears comparison, which like, Whoa guys, we need to pump the brakes. It's week <laughs> one. This is great. Um, however, there needs to be some consistency and they need to replicate it a little bit more. Um, but I, I do think that just this team, whether it's in adapting, you know, the pass rush and the blitzing or adapting um, the the slot, the slot corner shows that, you know, it felt like the key word in the preseason was versatility. When you ask Tom Leonard, you ask Keith Butler about certain guys, the first thing that they would point to about why they're valuable is their versatility. Mm-hmm. And I, you see that in the way that they were rotating the slot, the way they rotated the outside linebackers, um, even not having Stefan to it. I felt like they were able to move some guys around, bring in a guy like Chris Wormley, um, Tyson Alulu had a really good game. I just think that this defense has been really good so far, granted small sample size, at molding to the situation and not being so inflexible that they can't make up for an injury here or there. I mean, Robert's playing going down in warmups. He's not, you know, going to be as important as he was at times last year, but still, that's, depth. that's still a significant, right. That's a significant hit to the depth. So to me, those are again, huge, huge encouraging signs from this defense early on. Certainly. And, and I do think that there is a, uh, there's a concern factor for the Steelers when it comes to, you know, watching the injuries, because we've seen that over the years, this team has been, has been hurt, has been hurt by injuries, but, um, when it comes to you know embra- embracing the challenges that are in front of them and using that versatility, having guys that can play multiple positions, Mike Tomlin said for years, if you can fill two depth chart spots for me, and, and you know where where you normally you someone would fill one, you're going to be that much more valuable, and that's something that they feel like they have in a Cam Sutton, in it what looks like a Trey Norwood, and heck in Minka Fitzpatrick who played in the slot a bunch in this game, uh, you know, so having that versatility is going to be a big part of this Steelers defense. We will see how much they keep that up because like, like you are like, you're talking about here. Like I'm talking about there's it's, it, it's, it's great to do that for a week and even two or three weeks, but eventually, you know, having to adapt week after week to this new offensive scheme, you got to face and this new offensive scheme, you got to face and this, their strengths and their weaknesses and doing that and keeping up with all the different roles that can come at you really quickly. And a Trey Norwood, especially who, all the praises for this young man. He, you know, he's he's impressed Danny Smith. He's impressed Mike Tom. He's impressed all the all the defensive coaches. Everyone likes to talk about how well he can communicate. It, it's going to be different when he's facing his tenth straight offense in eleven weeks, and he's going to have to keep up with all the scheme adjustments. That might not be as easy as people might think it is, but the early steps they're getting it done. I think that's a big part of this story. Uh, one defense. 
that might give them fits, though, is the Raiders. They were they were going after Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football. We're going to talk about the Raiders, what Mike Tomlin said about it, and what Brooke thinks about the Raiders right right after this break. But first, I got to tell you guys about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and then you're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to find finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Uh, and content varied by package. We're also brought to you by Built Bar. If you want a healthy treat that tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team and comes in so many different flavors. Whether you want a fruity snack like raspberry, strawberry, or orange, or something different like salted caramel, cookies and cream, or Rocky Road, or my personal favorite, double chocolate, Built Bar has so many flavors to enjoy. And the best part, they're all healthy. They range from 130 to 180 calories. They pack 17 to 18 grams of protein, but only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. That's a tasty and healthy snack that'll save you you from eating a snack that you'll regret later and stay on task with anyone's diet order today and get your favorite flavor delivered right to your door by going to built.com and using promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d one five locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order again that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com now brooke I don't know if you noticed, know but on Locked On Steelers podcast, when we do back-to-back ad reads, we keep it rolling. So we're gonna finish out right here with this segment here. I wanted to talk to you about the Raiders because I, what were your thoughts watching that game? Because my thoughts at the end were just like, please, just end it. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> but I, but I gotta tell you, it was so much fun watching the back and forth. The you know the the the, the, the what we thought was a touchdown in overtime, and then Derek Carr throwing the interception. And then the Ravens fumbling the ball, and then them coming out, and then the crazy ending of throwing a, just a floater to Zay Jones on a, on a on a zero blitz. It was just it was a wild finish, but I thought it was a gussy finish from the Raiders. Yeah, see, it's funny that you say you just really wanted to go to sleep because um, I was way ahead of you, and <laughs> halftime hit, and uh, my husband took the dogs upstairs, and I and. It's his fault because he turned off the, the big it's, lights in our Teddy's apartment. Fault. It's Teddy's <laughs> fault. He put on one little light above the stairs. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to be totally fine. This is a great game. Um, when I tell you that I closed my eyes at halftime and then the next time I opened them, the Raiders <laughs> were celebrating what they thought was the game winning touchdown. I was like. Well, a lot of things have happened since halftime because all of a sudden this is overtime. And I, I sat up and I was like, I when I saw that his knee hit the ground, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is crazy. This is going to be a great finish. Like, they're going to win it right here. And so I like sat up and I had a pep talk with myself. And I was like, self, this is a really good game. You will not fall asleep. You will see how this finishes because clearly you've been so invested the whole time. Um, So I did see the interception. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to stay awake because the Ravens are definitely going to win it right here. And then I saw the fumble. And then I thought I saw the Raiders about to come out and try to kick a field goal, which I was That's just really confused. Part. Okay, that so that did happen. That wasn't like a, a sleep delusion. So, so, so here's what we found out after the fact. They couldn't find their kicker. It was reported that, that they, he was just, they just couldn't get him. 
And so they were like, well, we, and so they took it to lay like a bathroom so break. Take it. Yeah. Like we don't know. Like I, I haven't seen if the story has been validated. If someone sees it, please comment on YouTube or, 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 or tweet at us and let us know what happened. But I saw a report um, from pro football, pro football talk. that said, yeah, they couldn't find the man. And so then that's when they, that's why they took a delay a game. And then eventually they're just like, all right, we'll try to get closer. And then they threw a floater to Zay Jones and Marlon Humphrey was just so backed off that it was an easy touchdown, but it was, that's again, what made this game wild. I, um, it was just, it, I hope insane. that, I hope that people are watching this more on YouTube than listening to it in podcast see, form so that everyone can see my face processing <laughs> all of this because I nodded back off when I saw the field goal kicker go on because I was like, oh, well, it's just going to end the field this goal and be over. <laughs> I should have picked up my phone, put it on Hulu, and carried it upstairs and like brushed my teeth and gone to bed. But instead, I was like, why do that when I could sleep 15 more uncomfortable minutes on the couch? Um, I had no idea that that happened. And I've been thinking all day that that was just like a sleep delusion that the kicker came out because I thought – well, wait a minute. I've now seen the Zay Jones highlight 15 times. So there's no way they would have brought out the kicker, but then also Zay Jones won it. Like that makes no sense to me. Um, but with them coming here to play the Steelers this week, I am just so interested in these two teams meeting. Who's going to have the emotional letdown first yeah. because they're both going to happen and who can fight back from it because the Steelers go in and beat the Bills in Buffalo in a game that they nobody was picking them to win. And for good reason. You look at that matchup on paper, the Steelers were not supposed to win. Mm -hmm. You look at the Raiders-Ravens game, again, the Raiders weren't supposed to win. And not only are they not supposed to win, then they come back and win in this crazy overtime game. And they're coming off a short week. So I... That, to me, that storyline is going to be so interesting, and I am very intrigued to see how the Steelers play Darren Waller. I thought what Mike Tomlin said today, that he looks more like Chase Claypool than any tight end on this roster, made just a ton of sense. And you looked this up beforehand, which is good, because I had him, I had it in my brain. The Steelers were not good at covering tight ends, but that was from a couple years ago. They were, what, the second best at limiting receptions to a tight end last year? They had the second fewest amount of passing yards allowed to tight ends, and they had the fewest allowed touchdowns to tight ends last year. And again, that was without Devin Bush for most of the season. Um, they they had it improved back in like the mid 2010s. It was a major problem. That's why they got Ryan Shazier. Eventually, when he became really good, it helped. But then when he got hurt, they kind of hindered. But when they got Minka Fitzpatrick in 2019, along with Devin Bush. The two of them with Terrell Edmonds, they've had that presence in the middle of the field that has helped wipe out tight ends. So I think Terrell Edmonds against Darren Waller is going to be a major matchup all game long on Sunday. And Mike Tomlin talked about it. He even said, you know, the closest thing we have to him is a Chase Claypool. We don't have a tight mm -hmm. end that's like a Darren Waller. And so that's a unique matchup problem the Steelers are going to have to find answers for because Derek Carr loves to throw to some Darren Waller. Uh, yeah, it's honestly the biggest shocker of that ending is that Zay Jones scored the game-winning touchdown <laughs> and not Darren Waller. Um, that that I'm interested to see is, is that matchup. And then also that defensive front that Tomlin just really complimented today. I mean, you come out of any Mike Tomlin Tuesday yeah. press conference and you're convinced that whoever the Steelers are playing is going to win the Super Bowl this year, right? <laughs> like they're Like everybody, it could be like, an 0-16 team. He's like, no, they're really good. They're going to win. 
He names like 12 um, players that are just like superstar. I don't know why he's not in the Pro Bowl. Right. And I'm like, how, how did I not know about this guy? <laughs> um, but I mean, the Max Crosby is someone who caught my eye early he was in that brilliant. game. He was a wrecking ball. And I think that that defensive front with him and Carl Nassib and Ngakwe, that's going to be really tough. I mean, if the O-line thought that they had a challenge last week, it just got leveled up this week. You cannot let Ben get sacked 1,500 times. I mean, it's no. not going to be that many anyway because they won't play that many snaps. Um, but, man, that's going to be tough. You need Najee to get a better run game going. But still, just that that defensive front, I think, is going to cause some real problems. Um, this week, obviously, they're going to be prepared because the Mike Tomlin team is never not prepared. Um, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I'm excited that it's home. That it gets to be in Pittsburgh, finally. Yeah. We're yeah. going to have full fans in the stands. I'm going to have to set an alarm to leave four hours before the game because I almost didn't make it to the Bills stadium because uh, I way underestimated Bills Mafia. I'm not going to do that one again. Um, but it's. I think that this is going to be a really, really exciting game on Sunday. I think so, too. I think there's a lot of potential on both sides. The defense for the Raiders really showed up in a way I wasn't sure that they would. Um, you know, when they gave up that early rushing touchdown to whoever the Ravens guy is nowadays. Uh, you know, like, Tyson you know, they, Williams. Thank you. Tyson I Williams from name. Sumter, South Carolina. He went to UNC, transferred to South Carolina. That's why you know him. BYU. That's why no, I know. No, no, no. You're a UNC person. I now I was like, wait, ah, dang, Brooks right on that. Oh, there's <laughs> the connection. I see through you. Don't Brooks, tell people right. that. Just let them think that I have <laughs> just in-depth knowledge of every running back in the NFL. I'm gonna I was like, Whip that out. I couldn't. I couldn't pull that out my butt for nothing. I was like, oh, "You're tie, welcome." Tie, 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 tie. Thank you. I really appreciate that because we were about to go through this whole show. It's like, but yeah, he scored that opening touchdown for the Ravens. I'm like, "Well, this is over." Because if if he's scoring touchdowns, this is about to be a wrap. But the Raiders brought it back. They were bringing heat on Lamar Jackson. I, I will say, I, I kind of felt find, found it funny that Steelers fans took such joy in watching Alejandro Villanueva just continue to get whipped play after play. Um, right. But to me, it was also kind of like. Mm, I don't know about y'all, but Jakumo Corford didn't sell sell me on nothing much last week. So this might be this might still be a problem this week. So maybe 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 hold the hold your horses. But this will be a like you said, this will be a very interesting test. Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes, Tremaine Edmonds, those guys were very tough and, and, and on the road using silent count. That was a challenge. But you're coming up against this group, like you said, they got Ngakwe, they got Nasib, they you know they, uh, they they got Crosby. They're they're going to be bringing the heat. Gruden likes to be aggressive. We will we will see this group get tested early and often in this game. But on the flip side, I think you'll say you could say the same thing for the Raiders' offensive line. Alex Alex Leatherwood, their uh, their their rookie got tackle that they got they got from Alabama. A lot of Steelers fans wanted him. He you know he had some good moments. But he also had some rough moments in, in that game Monday night. And now the Steelers' defensive front gets to go up against them. That's gonna be I think that's gonna be huge. Whose defensive mm-hmm. line can in, could exploit the offensive line better in this game? for such a key matchup. Uh, Brooke, we got to run because we're way over time, but I thank you so much for joining the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'll be with you there at Heinz Field Sunday covering the game, um, but let people know you can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at B.E. Pryor, and all of my work is on ESPN.com under the NFL tab and hit the Steelers button, and it's all right there all in one place. Boom shakalaka. Do check out Brooke. She does amazing work there with ESPN. Um, I'm Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques, as you see below. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and the like button in this video. It really helps us out. Also, 
you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Odyssey, thank you very much. Give us a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Thanks again for listening. We got Crossover Thursday tomorrow. It's Locked On Raiders host, your boy Q. If you've been listening to the Locked On NFL Podcast, you know me and Q, we go at it. It's going to be war tomorrow on the Crossover Thursday Podcast. We'll see you then right here on Locked On Steelers Podcast.